Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, this is Miranda Wright, and this is day 13 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today we're going to be praying for a greater love. We warred against the principality Leviathan, and one of the greatest tactics that he uses to conquer is division. So we need to see how to counter that, and the greatest counter to that is love. Let me ask you, are you perfect? You're probably saying, no, nobody's perfect. Well, let me read you something. In Matthew 5, 48, it says, Be ye therefore perfect even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. This is a New Testament commandment in the book of Matthew telling us to be perfect. And you're scratching your head right now thinking, oh my gosh, what? But let me explain to you. The Bible talks a lot about the perfecting of the saints. But when the Bible talks about the perfecting of the saints and being perfect, there is something very specific that God is talking about here, and it's not what you think. See, the word perfect in Scripture doesn't technically mean infallible. What it means is complete, perfect, finished. There's nothing more that can be done. So when we open up to 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, we read and begin to understand. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. So remember, when the enemy comes and tries to put offense against a person or breed division amongst the people, we have to remember that the Word of God says that if we don't love our brother, then we don't truly know God. We don't have His Spirit within us. We are not intimate with Him. Because it says, God is love, and we cannot be indwelled by love and not be love. It continues to say, In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. In other words, to truly grasp the reality of God, we've got to look at the way God loves us. That he sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If God loved us this way, then this is the same way that we ought to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Starting to understand what he's asking. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. The Bible says that God is love. God is agape, not any kind of love, a specific kind of love. Agape specifically identifies a selfless, self-sacrificing, pure love. And God is agape. God is this love. It's selfless. 
And it also says that God is a spirit and those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if God is love, then he is the spirit of love. Therefore, if we are indwelled by the spirit of love, then we will manifest the fruits of love. And when you look at the fruits of the spirit, they really are the fruits of love. They are what love will manifest. In verse 17, it continues by saying, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world and in this we start to understand what he meant by be ye perfect even as I am perfect in other words he said have a perfect love have agape love have my spirit within you manifesting my love through you demonstrate my love to the world and if you act in selfless love then you will be perfect in God's eyes because you will always do what is right remember that word means finish complete having nothing left that needs to be done if we act in selfless love we will always do what is right in the eyes of God and there will be nothing else that needs to be done and John is telling us here that if we always act in selfless, sacrificial love, humbling ourselves and esteeming others better than ourselves, willing to sacrifice to put others first and walk in the love of Christ, then we will be perfect and we will have boldness when we stand before God on the day of judgment, knowing that as Christ was, so were we in this world. <clears throat> and then he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear hath tormented. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So in order to be made perfect, we do it by acting in love. And in actuality, we talked a little bit yesterday about sanctification. Sanctification is the process of learning how to live in agape selfless love. When the Bible says that we are sanctified by the word of God, that means the more we read the word of God, the more we see what it really takes to demonstrate that selfless, sacrificial love. And the more we submit to that word and that truth and walk in it, the more perfected we are and the more boldness we can have when we stand before him on the day of judgment. Now, it's interesting here. It says that perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. And I can help you to understand that the Lord gave me a visual many years ago that really helped me to grasp it. And you think of something like if you were standing in your front yard and a ravenous rabies ridden wolf stands in front of you and he's growling and snarling and you know the door to your house is only like two feet behind you and you can very easily get inside and shut the door. You see that thing snarling at you and you know that you can die. So a fear comes over you and you run inside and shut the door. Now imagine the exact same situation. Their door is two feet behind you, remember, and you can get to safety, but five feet in front of you, directly in between you and the rabies-ridden wolf, is your child sitting on the ground playing. All of a sudden, there's no fear. The love casts out the fear, and you can think of nothing but to run towards that danger to snatch that child up out of danger and get it back to safety. Love, true love, selfless, sacrificial love will cast out fear. Now, there is another love in Scripture that is eros love, and that is a selfish love, a self-centered love, a self-love. That is not a godly love. That is a counterfeit. Actually, it's called eros, which is the name of a pagan god or a demon. 
So it is a counterfeit of the real thing. Self-love is not godly love because it is not selfless. Godly agape love is selfless. It is the love that will run towards that ravenous wolf to snatch that child up and it will cast fear out. Another application for this we can look at would be something like Jonah and Nineveh. Jonah lived close to Nineveh and he truly didn't have a heart for the Ninevites and he had a fear of them and there was a reason for it. Jonah ran away from God's calling to go and preach righteousness to the Ninevites. And he had right reason to. The Ninevites were a wicked, vile people. They literally wallpapered the wall of their city with human skin. And they used the heads of their enemies as torches to light their street. Of course, this man did not want to go and have to tell them that they were wicked and vile and facing judgment. We don't want to preach righteousness in our air-conditioned churches, much less in the face of a people that were using humans for torches. Jonah knew how evil and wicked this people were. They were actually an enemy of his people. And because they were close to him, he really didn't have a heart for them. And therefore, he had a fear of them. And so instead of running towards the danger to save their soul, he ran away from it. But God's love, selfless, sacrificial, agape love will run towards danger to tell the sinner the truth, to tell the lost the truth. The story of Jonah is a message to the loveless church. The revival in Nineveh was the greatest revival in recorded history. More souls were saved in that revival than in any other revival ever on the planet to date. And yet the preacher that was called to preach it almost missed it because he didn't have a heart for the people, so he ran away from it. And I think that we're often very guilty of this. It's easier for us to have a heart for a people in a nation across the sea than it is for us to have a heart for the drug addict in the ghetto down the street. Because that's close to us. Because we see the wickedness of it. Because we see the vileness of it. Because in our heart we don't really have a love for them. And we'll make all manner of excuse why we can't go and minister to them. Just like Jonah. It's a lesson to the loveless church. And we've got to shake it off because the greatest revival the world has ever known might be in the Nineveh next door. So now we understand what John meant when he said, So he that feareth is not yet made perfect in love. You're not sanctified. We love God because he first loved us. If any man say, I love God, but he hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Let me ask you another question. Are we under law? I'm just having fun throwing these trick questions out at y'all today. Technically, yes. And all the people's jaw drop. The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus came not to destroy the law according to him, but to fulfill the law. Therefore, those who believe on what Christ did and receive the atonement of his blood, then we are set free from the old law. But for all those who have not, for those who have not believed and are not saved, they actually are still under the law. That's why they're still under the curse of sin and death. Sin and death was the penalty for breaking the law. And therefore, if they're still under the penalty of the law, then they are actually still under the law. So people who are not truly saved actually are still under the law. 
and are going to face the penalty of the law unless they choose to take the way of escape that God has provided through Christ Jesus. However, for those of us who have been brought into the family of God and come in under the new covenant, are we under a law? And to that, I say that we are. But if we are under a new covenant, which is a new contract, then we are under a new law. So though we are set free from the conditions of the old, because Christ has made a way to fulfill that, we are bound to the conditions of a new law. Because if we have a new covenant or a new contract, then we have a new law. And in Galatians 6, 2, it says, it says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we are under a law, a new law, the law of Christ. Well, if there's a new law, because there's a new contract, then there must be new commandments. And this is the commandment that Christ himself gave us. He says in John 13, 33, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You see, when the Pharisees came and asked Jesus what was the greatest commandment, he named the commandment that was given from the very beginning, and he said to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, and thy strength. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. This is the greatest commandment, and on it hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, Jesus said that if you will fulfill these two commandments, then by default you will fulfill all of the laws that were given and the words that the prophets gave, because everything that the Lord said through the prophets was to try to get people to walk in that love. If you love God more than anything, then you're going to obey the first commandment. You're not going to put any other God before him. You're going to obey the second commandment. If you love others at least as much as you love yourself, you're not going to break the commandments about murder or stealing or coveting or, or stealing your neighbor's wife. If you love God more than, more than yourself and you love others, it will by default cause you. But that was a commandment that was given from the beginning. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. And what we see in what Jesus said here has to prick our heart and cause us to strive to step out towards that perfect love. Because in the old commandment, it said, love your neighbor as yourself. But in Jesus's commandment, in the new commandment, he said, love your brother as I have loved you. In other words, more than yourself. Love him with that perfect, selfless, sacrificial, agape love. God, we pray that you give us that heart of love. God, we can't gain it in and of ourselves. It can only come of you, Lord, because you are that spirit of love. You are agape. So we ask for you to come in us, to indwell us, and to radiate through us and be that expression of love that this world so desperately, so desperately needs. God, help us to be perfected, to move into perfect love. Lord, that it would cast out fear and cause us to say what needs to be said and to do what needs to be done, but to do it in compassion and to do it in love and to be able to stand before you with boldness on that day, knowing that as you were, so were we in this world and that in every situation we did the perfect thing, that nothing more could be done because what we did was done in selfless, sacrificial love. God, we ask for a baptism of agape love. We ask for an importation and in 
filling of your spirit, which is love, that we might manifest the fruits of love, Lord, that we would be able to be judged by our fruits and to know that it's all about you. God, there's too many manifesting fruits of selfishness, Lord. Let us choose to be the few that manifest fruits of humility. Lord, we want to walk in right standing with you, and this is what you said is right. We want to walk in obedience, Lord, to the commandments, Jesus, that you gave. We want to fulfill the law of Christ. We want to bear one another's burdens in love. We want to have that perfect love that drives us that drives us to go and witness to the Nineveh next door, that would take us to that place that we may have feared yesterday, but today because we love their soul and we don't want to see it slip into eternity without knowing the love of Christ, we're willing to go and bring that expression of love. We're willing to go to that person that cursed us and spat upon us, Lord, and help them in their yard. We're willing to go, Lord, and help the widow and help the young mother, Lord, and help Help that single father, Lord, to go and be an expression of your love. God, show us how to be more like you. Sanctify us by your word. Help us to see your reflection in the word so the world can see your reflection in us. Lord, cause that spirit of truth to come through us and to shine and to be a light in dark places. That the world may know that we truly are your disciples because of the love that we express. That they can say this is uncommon. This is not natural. This is not something I've seen or experienced. There's something different about you. You must have been with Jesus. Lord, they will know you when they see you shine through us in a way that they've not experienced before. And we're not talking about tolerance of sin because that's not real love. Real love will speak the truth to save their soul even if we get persecuted for it. That real love will cast out the fear, but it will cause us to do it in a spirit of humility and not in a spirit of arrogance. God, we're praying for a people that puts down the selfishness and picks up humility. God, we're praying for a people that are willing to serve and not trying to climb a ladder so that they can be served. God, show us the vileness of self and wickedness and what it leads to. God, show us how we can combat the lies of Leviathan and the offense and the bitterness that he pours into the people when we come forth by standing in perfect, selfless, sacrificial love that when those who are influenced by him start to come against us and to persecute us and to character kill us, that we would be able to stand there even as Christ did and love them through it and pray for those who hate us and bless those who persecute us. We thank you, God, that you loved us. That you loved us enough to take the slander and the spitting and the backbiting and the plucking of your beard and the whipping and peeling of your flesh and the piercing of your side and everything that was said to you and against you and all the rejection. God, thank you that you loved us enough to withstand it and yet to still pray for us, to still fall down and say, Father, I want them to be with me. I want them to be one. I want them to love each other and to even tell the cross that you would pray, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're just being led of that other spirit. They're just being manipulated by that Leviathan 
solid spirit. They're just being manipulated by that old serpent, that twisted dragon. It's not their fault. They don't understand. I'm going to love them and I'm going to pray for them until they're delivered of it so that we can all be one. Give us that kind of love, God. And when it's tested, help us to express it. Lord, help us to love our spouses and our children. Help our children to love us, Lord. Help us to love our in-laws and our family members, that there be no division within the family, Lord, that our prayers not be hindered. Help us to love those who despitefully use us. Help us to remember the elderly. Help us to remember the orphan, Lord. Help us to have compassion for them. Help us to become united as church families, that there would be no elevation and then help our church families to come united as a greater body, united in the truth, wanting to grow, Lord, not wanting to cling to what we think we know, but willing to grow and to go and to be used by you, Lord, because your commission wasn't come and listen. Your commission was go and tell, and sometimes you send us out. Yes, you call us in for a season to learn and to grow, but there comes a point at which we have to let them go so that they can be used to spread the fire. Lord, help us to remember as ministers that they're yours, they're not ours. Give us your heart, O oh Lord. Give us your heart for the lost. Give us your heart for your church. God, help us to love those that are of a different political view than us, even those who we know stand in opposition to the word, but help us to remember to pray for their soul, that your word says that, first of all, we need to pray for those in authority, even our leaderships, Lord, even those who come against us, God, that many times Paul was used to save even his jailer because he didn't let off it set in, but he continued to pray for and minister to those who were oppressing and abusing him. Give us that heart, Lord. Give us your heart for the lost God. Give us a heart of love. And when the enemy rushes in like a flood of emotions, Lord, help us to not so quickly fall to it, but prick our heart, convince us, Lord, and seal our lips until you've had a chance to take it to you in prayer, to talk it out with the Prince of Peace, to get the proper response before we release that we might act and not react, that we might be sanctified, perfected. Help us to see you in the scripture, Lord, because Jesus, you said that you gave us an example, that you sanctified yourself so that we would, by your example, know how to sanctify. You gave us that example of perfect love so that we could follow that example and become purified and become sanctified and become perfected and be more like you. God, we want the world to know that something is real, something is different. The word disciple means a disciplined student of the teachings and words of Jesus Christ. And you said that the world will know that you are my disciples by your love because what you demonstrated and what you taught was selfless, sacrificial, perfect love. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.